Good morning. Hi, this is Olivia and you are listening to Express Yourself with Olivia. Thank you so, so much for listening and for tuning in on this Monday morning. Can you believe it? It's the second or actually, yeah, it's the second last Monday of January. Next week this time, the month will be the last day and the last Monday of January 2022. But I hope, I hope you're having a good day. And if not, my prayer is that the day will be better and it will be good and that you will find somewhere inside of you something to hope for, something to believe in, something to strive for, and something to smile about. So welcome to this week and welcome to the show once again. Do you have a big picture of your life? And what is the big picture? You know, when you are still young and you are, before you start working and before you have responsibilities, it is so easy to dream. It is so easy to have these big, lofty plans. And um, life has other plans for you. And in the midst of it, it's easy to forget. Why do you do what you do? Why did you choose that specific job? Why did you choose that man or the woman you got married to? Why did you choose the neighborhood, the car? Why did you choose to shop where you shop? Because behind every choice, there is a story. Sometimes we're not even, or most of the times, we are not even aware of the choice and why we do things that we do. But have you stopped to ask yourself, why? Where does all, or where do all the little pieces fit into the bigger picture that you have for your life? Do you even have a big picture? Because the thing is, when you only have big plans, it's easy to get derailed by the little distractions. It's easy to get derailed by arguments, unhappiness, frustration, guilt, anger. It's it's so easy to get derailed by the little things if you only focus on the big picture. So what is the big picture that you have for your life? What is the vision that you have? Because when it comes to a vision, you know, we we only think in terms of careers, but in terms of your relationship, your children. And another thing that's completely off-putting, when you listen to motivational speakers, when you listen to self-help people, it, it just becomes so complicated and overwhelming to do what you want to do and to do what you need to do. 
the key to stay on track and i'm not preaching here as a motivational speaker please i'm not but the key to stay on track is to focus on the little things that you can do to do what you can do today you know it's very disheartening and it can completely demoralize you when you wake up in the morning and you 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 feel as if you have nothing to look forward to for the day when you hate your job you hate your life you can't stand your partner your children are a problem your finances are a mess you wake up feeling like a disappointment and a big failure because quite frankly nothing seems to work then what do you do where do you even start because if you start googling if you go on to google the psychologist google the doctor the coach the the guru everyone will tell you a thousand things you need to do in order to just get through the day so where do you start what do you do and here's the thing because you know there was this and now i'll probably give away my age but there was this old this ub40 song it said the more i learn the less i know and it's true the more you learn the more you realize how little you actually know so then where do you start when nothing is working because we all go through that stage or that phase in your life when you look around you and you ask is this what my life has become is this all there is to life for the rest of my life is this what i have to do just wake up go to work come back sleep then play repeat play repeat all the time is this what my life has become but here's the thing where do you start you start by remembering what is important to you because you end up feeling that way you end up feeling overwhelmed disconnected discouraged because you are living someone else's life and when you live someone else's life you deny your own true self and it's not intentional it's not intentional you start living someone else's life by agreeing to things that don't feel right or real to you and then it starts off as a little niggling feeling of unease you can't put your finger on it ma everything seems to be fine the reason why you don't feel so good anymore or why you feel a little bit of discomfort without anything happened nothing happened there was no fight or argument but you just don't feel right or okay 
it is because you were saying yes to things you should have said no to. And before you realize, it becomes your pattern. It becomes your reality. And then when you wake up one morning, you are so disconnected from yourself that you don't even know what you want anymore. You don't even know what is important anymore. You have forgotten why you do the things that you do. Because you stay, you said yes when you should have said no. And you said no when you should have been saying yes. It's always interesting when you look at how the world perceives things. An example, a guy touches a woman on her knee or her back or on her hand or wherever. And she says, but I'm uncomfortable with this. And everyone else tells her, but what's wrong with you? It was just touching your hand or it was just touching your back. Uh-huh. Then she starts doubting herself because maybe there is something wrong with her for feeling unsafe. When someone touched her without permission. And now it starts. You start doubting yourself because you allowed someone else to dictate how you should respond. And by dictating your response, they also dictate how you should feel. And we buy into that time and time and time again. It doesn't have to be something big and momentous and earth shattering. It doesn't have to be like that before you respond. If you don't feel okay, you don't feel okay. If you don't feel comfortable, you don't feel comfortable. It's you. Even if a hundred other women feel comfortable because someone touched her in a way that you don't feel comfortable with, for you, it's okay. If you don't feel comfortable and you have the courage to say it, hold on to that truth. Hold on to that truth because I can only judge you based on my perceptions, on my experience, and on my beliefs. If I feel that, don't make a fuss, that's me, not you. Or if you feel that I mustn't make a fuss, it's you, not me. And these are the little things that leads to us feeling disconnected, feeling unsure, feeling unstable, beginning to doubt our own feelings, our own observations, our own truth. As simple as that. Another example. You have a ton, if you are a teacher, you have a ton of work that you must mark. And your colleague, who you know is a slacker, because 
in all careers, in all companies, doesn't matter where you go, there's always the lazy person and there's always the hardworking person. And your lazy colleague comes to you and says, you know what, I feel overwhelmed. Can you help me with marking my papers? You know, you are so good, you do it so fast. What do you do? You know you already have too much on your plate. If you don't have the guts to say no, you will end up feeling frustrated, irritated, and angry. And you will take it out on anyone and everyone except the person who caused it. And it comes back full circle to you because you said yes when you should have said no. In a relationship, when you want to go out and your partner wants to stay in, how does that make you feel? Can you compromise? Do you ask, um, why don't you feel like going out tonight? Because it's not an indictment on your feelings. It's not to tell you you're a bad person when someone says, I don't want to do what you want me to do. How do you respond when someone says no to your requests? Do you take it personal? Do you get angry, irritated, or do you just take it in your stride? So what do you do when your partner wants to stay in and you want to go out? Do you make him or her feel guilty for not wanting to do what you want to do? Do you stay home and moan and groan or do you go out on your own? Because these are the choices. Those little minute by minute choices at the end will lead to many other choices where it will either strengthen or weaken whatever relationship you have. Because it's a given. There is just no way that two people will agree on everything every single time that is not normal. It's a given that you won't always support each other's decisions. That is normal. But you don't have to fight about it. You don't have to manipulate each other. You don't have to deny your own happiness or your partner's happiness to get what you want. It's called compromise. It's called talking. It's called discussing. Do you think it's easy? Uh, you've got so much to learn if you think it's just going to happen like magic. No, it takes practice because at heart, we are all babies. We are all children. And every time you have to control that uncontrollable, misbehaved little baby inside of you so that you can be a reasonable, sane, calm person who can ask, why don't you want to go out with me tonight? Right? Have you prepared your partner before the time? Have you asked inputs of where you want to go? Have you asked whether they might have other plans? Or did you just come at the last minute and say, come, I want to go out tonight? 
And guys, here's a tip. Don't surprise her. We don't like surprises. Years ago, a guy told me he bought, he surprised his wife with a new bed. He thought it was a great thing. Look, his intention was good. His heart was in the right place. And only to discover he bought a queen-size bed and she only had bedding for a double bed. You see why we don't like surprises? Take her along. Ask her what she wants. Ask her what makes her happy. You might be surprised. Maybe she just wants to spend time with you. Or maybe she just wants a day to herself. It doesn't mean that she doesn't love you. When a woman says, look, I just need to be by, by myself. Don't yell that I don't love you anymore. I don't want to spend time with you. What she is saying is, I'm feeling a bit overwhelmed. I need to take a step back. I just want to remember who I am. I just want to sit and not do anything and just think and relax and feel and have conversations with myself. It doesn't mean that she doesn't love you. In fact, it will strengthen your relationship if she gets to tie to if she gets to spend time alone so what is your vision what is your big picture can you see how many little steps are needed to achieve the big picture if your big picture is i want a happy relationship what are the little steps that you can take every day that will fit into the puzzles of the big picture. If you want to build a career, you want to be successful at work, what can you do every single day to fit the pieces into that puzzle? Do you have a problem child? What can you do every single day consistently because consistency is key. Consistency is key. What can you do consistently every single day to improve the relationship you have with your child? And don't be fooled. To achieve the results, positive results, to achieve the big picture, to reach your goal, it's not easy because if it were easy, everyone would be successful, rich, and happy. It's not the case. It requires commitment, dedication, sacrifice, honesty, consistency. You can't one day do it this way and another day do it this way. You have to be consistent. It's like when you spoil your child and you can see, ah, this isn't going anyway. It's not going to end well. I'm creating a little monster here. 
And now you have to start saying no. But this child is used to you saying yes all the time. Do you think when you start saying no, this child is going to say, okay, mommy, okay, daddy, no, it's fine. I understand. Prepare yourself for a battle until you get it right. Until you get it right. And you know, when I talk about a battle, I'm not talking about swearing and beating your child half to death or threatening your child. You just say no. I know it can drive you nuts when they keep on asking and asking and asking and you've said no already. The easy thing would be to give in and just give it to this child, you know, because you are, you know, you say, just give it to the child. I can't take it. Your nagging drives me nuts. But that's the easy way out. The difficult way is to stick to your gun. And eventually, he or she will get it. What about the couple or the guy or the woman who drinks every weekend? They are drunk. Every single weekend, they are drunk. How do you change that? Do you think that you will be successful if you just, wow, I stopped drinking altogether? No. You reduce it gradually. If you lack the confidence or if you lack the strength to stop altogether drinking over weekends. Because there are people who can do that. When they've made up their minds that no drinking is going to happen, not anymore, not in my house, they can do that. But there are those who must do it gradually over time you start with friday saturday and sunday no drinking it goes to saturday friday and saturday of the one weekend no drinking and then the following weekend again and before you know it you have four weekends of not drinking but it will take commitment because when it comes to having a glass of wine there are some people who they, they, they don't drink. They're not interested in drinking at all. Then there are those that they cannot believe that it's possible. They think it's something magical when you only have one glass of wine. They can't do that. That's unthinkable to them. So then how do you deal with that? Because when you drink yourself into a stupor, you have to ask yourself, what am I running from? What am I covering up? Because when you drink and you get drunk, you lose control. You lose your inhibitions. Have you noticed how people change when they become drunk? Are you one of them? Have you noticed it? And there are some people. You know, there are some people, oh my gosh, they must not drink at all because they just become unpleasant to be around because those are the cowards who don't have the guts to say things to you when they are sober. 
They need alcohol in their system to tell you what an awful person you are because they can't do it when they are sober. Those people must never drink because alcohol, what it does, it amplifies all your weaknesses and the ugliness you have inside of you. So think about where it fits into your bigger picture. What is your drinking doing to your relationship? If it's causing problems, then you need to take a stand and you need to make a decision. Because I can tell you, no woman or no man would be happy or satisfied to be known as the partner of a drunk person. It's not fun. I've seen it. It's humiliating and it's embarrassing. And it robs you of your dignity. It robs you of your decency. When you don't know when to stop drinking. And if you are one of those people, because there are many, because you want to drink yourself in a stupor and someone else is comfortable with having only one glass of wine, but you are the one going on and saying, yeah, you are a party pooper. What's wrong with you? You are spoiling the party because someone wants to have only one glass of wine. Then you, my friend, are a weak person. Because weak people, weak people, what they like to do is to want to make everyone part of their weakness so that their weakness cannot be exposed. But it just amplifies your weakness. So when you feel that you need alcohol to relax, and it does relax you, it does. But when you need, think that you need alcohol to relax, it's okay. But then ask your question, ask the question, what is it that causes you to be stressed and wind up and tense and irritable and agitated so much so that you can only be calm and relaxed when you are having alcohol, when you are drinking, then it means you are not facing your problems. Because alcohol is not your psychologist, it's not the solution, it's not your doctor. It's a great way to socialize if you know your limits. You don't always want to be the one who's falling down the steps when there's a party. And here's the thing, you cannot be 50 years old and still joke with your brother about who was the drunkest last night. It's juvenile and it's immature. You have children who look up to you. Is that the message that you want to, 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 to get to your child? Are those the things that you want to teach your child? Is the, are those the lessons you want your child to remember? Then what kind of family are you raising? If you now at the age of 45 or 50 or 60, you still joke with your brother 
about last night's or last weekend's drunken party. Grow up, go home, spend time with your wife and your family. And if it's your wife who's doing it, she must grow up. Take your stand as your, the place as the woman in your house. Because you are the backbone of the house as a woman. Because it's not just men, it's women as well. And it needs to be said, look, I'm not saying that you must be a saint and never touch alcohol. But if you can't control it, if your child has to beg you to stop, because some, they don't just drink, they start fighting. Then that the neighbors can slap. Do you want to be known for that? Do you think that's okay? It's cool, it's funny. It's not. It's not. You are keeping yourself and your children in bondage. Because now if your child wants to advance through life and they arrive at decent places, that behavior will get them kicked out. Is that what you want to teach your child? Do you want your child to end up where you are? Or do you want better for them? See, the bigger picture of your life. Because we want to preach one thing and do another. How can you expect your child to respect you, to behave in a decent way, if you yourself don't know your limits? So what is your vision? What do you want for yourself? We can all sit uncomfortably on our couches and wait for things to come to us. If that were the case, oh my gosh, my life would have been perfect. Perfect. But you cannot wait for life to come to you. You have to go and get it. And how do you go and get it? Because it's not as easy as getting up and saying, life, yeah, I'm coming. I'm coming to face you. I'm coming to conquer you. No. Life is no joke, my friend. No. It's more than that. It's waking up every single morning with the intent, the commitment, and the dedication that today I will do whatever it takes to make this day a success. And that's where it's important to know what is important to you. Because for some people, for some many, not just some, for many people, just getting out of bed, it means they are successful. So you need to know what is important to you. For some people, it's just to get out of their door and take a walk. It's success. For others, it's to start studying for that exam that they know it's not going to happen now. It's happening maybe in July or June, but now they start studying. Now they take the first step. It's to every day ask 
yourself. What is the one thing that I can do today to make my life better? Is it to pick up the phone and call that person? Or WhatsApp the person that you have not spoken to for a very long time because you were too angry and they hurt you too much? And you decide to take the first step? Is it to go and register for a free online course about something that you've always wanted to do? And look, the internet, YouTube, there is so much information, YouTube and Google. When it comes to learning things, they are your go-to people. Whether you want to learn how to bake cakes, how to make clothes, how to make furniture, how to any new skill, whether it's to learn a new language, any new skill, you go onto Google, you go onto Facebook, there are many free courses. If you've always dreamt of studying a certain course and you don't have the money to do it, there's Allison.com, there's Udemy, there's Open University. You have limitless possibilities if you want to study. Even if you don't have money, but just to get the exposure. Because with a lot of them, you can study for free. And you can only pay once you have the money. They don't release the qualification until you have the money. So nothing is stopping you from reaching and achieving that dream, from taking a step towards that vision, the bigger picture. And what if you are doing something and you hate it? You can change direction. I'm not saying quit your job because you still need to eat. You still need to feed your family. But change your thinking. Because when you hate your job, it consumes everything in you. You can't see your way out. So then what do you do when you are in that situation where you hate your job but you can't leave because you need the money? Then ask yourself, what can I do right now? Can I start studying? Can I join a volunteer group? Can I start my own thing? Can I reach out to other people? Because look, that's the thing. Don't think for a moment that you are alone in your unhappiness and your struggle. You are not. There are many people who are in the same boat as you are. How about starting a WhatsApp group for others who are miserable, but where you uplift each other? Where you get together and you moan, but you also inspire. Where you look for solutions. Where you say, you know what? I've always wanted to become a vet. Or I've always wanted to become a photographer. Then find someone who's willing to say, oh, come along, I'll show you the ropes. Or to volunteer somewhere. And look, the first person might not say yes. 
you will get many insecure people who will think that you want to take their job and you want to learn their secrets and they will say no. But there are many others who will be too happy to accommodate you. So what is your bigger picture? What is your vision for yourself? And what can you do every single day to take you towards that step? Not for the money, not for the recognition, not for the applause, but because it calms something inside your heart. It grounds you. It makes you happy. It makes you content. It makes you excited about life. What are your hidden talents? Start looking at it. Ask yourself, when, what makes me happy when I do it? Because your job is not your identity. Your job is just a means to an end. But who are you at heart? Who are you when you are at your happiest? What makes you smile? What can you do for free without anyone even mentioning money? It doesn't mean that you have to do it for, for free though. Don't. But, but start with what makes you happy. And use the internet. Use YouTube. You know, I find YouTube to be such a big source of inspiration and information. When your interests are wide and varied, and yeah, just with every other channel, there's a lot of junk. You will find someone fluff. They tell you, watch the, movie, the video until the end, and there's a surprise. Ignore those people. Don't go there. When you hear, watch the video till the end, stop it right there and then go to someone else where they get straight to the point and give you the information. Be unapologetic, be brutal, be systematic, be determined, be consistent about what it is that you want. And it will take time. And try and figure it out day by day. And you know how you will know that this is part of my bigger picture, you will feel peace and contentment in your heart. I hope that you find it because you are here for a purpose and your purpose is linked to your search in finding who you are and what you were meant to do and how you can be a blessing to someone else. And I've come to realize, you know, those messages that you sent, that's even part of your purpose because you are touching someone's life. Your message of, your message of encouragement, you are touching someone's life because I don't know what's going on in your life. You don't know what's going on in my life. And sometimes just one single message one single call can just be the one thing that someone needs for that specific day to continue and to go on. And always have that in mind because many times you might think someone has it all together, has it all figured out, and yet 
they are drowning in feelings of being overwhelmed and you might be the one who gives them the clarity and the direction and the focus that they need for that specific day your gift is not about serving you it's about serving others not serving others at the cost of yourself ah, ah that i object to you need to say no when it doesn't suit you and you need to say yes when it does suit you your gift is not to be used as a doormat for others but it's to inspire to motivate to build to give courage to help someone cross that difficult bridge or cross to the other side where they can have a little bit of hope and a little bit of peace and just a little bit to continue their life and to have strength for that day. So think about what is your big picture and where does everything else fit in? And how do you overcome in order to stay on track and when you lose track, how can you come back? And keep it simple. Don't complicate it. Just keep it simple. Because many, many solutions, it starts with one simple, single step. I thank you. Thank you so much for listening and have a wonderful, wonderful day.